Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, November the 25th, just a month to go until Christmas. And decisions have already been made on what we will and won't be able to do around the festive season. If you missed the news last night, the government's confirmed up to three households will be able to form a five-day festive bubble. That's from the 23rd to the 27th of December. What we still don't know yet is what restrictions will be in place in Kent in the run-up to Christmas. Tomorrow the government will confirm what tier the county will be in when we come out of lockdown next week. Because of the high number of COVID cases in parts of the county at the moment, it's thought Kent will be in tier three. That means we still won't be able to visit friends and family and pubs and hospitality venues will have to remain closed. Well, we've been speaking to some pub landlords about that. Firstly, let's hear from Steve Sitton. He's from the Maiden in Ashford, an area that currently has one of the lowest COVID rates in Kent. I don't agree with this closure of hospitality as a whole. Um, in in either in either the previous tier system or this tier system, um, hospitality is has really low uh, transmission rates um, across the board, um, and that's that is through the implementation of the probably one of the highest regulated industries out there um we've had to put up screens publicans spent thousands of pounds and i i I seriously mean thousands of pounds in perspex screens in signage in hand sanitizers everywhere in in employing extra members of staff and you know we are being penalised more heavily, and it it it's not a fair way for for us to to be deemed. And for for me, I I believe we're one of the safest safest areas to go to. Um, I was out shopping the other week, and I I felt unsafe shopping. Um, no pub would ever let that many people in all at once and you know we we half their numbers we have a capacity of 60 uh, at the the highest point i think we had 25 people in our building and you know people we were very lucky in the fact that people were coming in and they they didn't move because once you found the table and you're comfortable, what's the point in going and queuing to get in somewhere else? We've also been speaking to Chris Collier, who runs the Admiral's Arms on Sheppey, which, as you've probably heard, has the highest infection rate in England. It would seem a little bit unfair um, for Kent uh, to be, which is a huge county anyway, um, to, if you say the whole of Kent, you know, maybe you could do... East. <laughs> East Kent and West Kent as a as a split, um, I don't know. Or, or or do you go into into more into boroughs? Uh, yeah, it would when you to do a national lockdown. To be honest, at the moment, when when we went into lockdown, Kent wasn't as a whole was fairly low, and other parts of the country were were very high. So they put a national lockdown. That would seem a bit unfair. But if you're now going, um, we do a county lockdown. Then, as you say, if I if I had my business sitting in Ashford, I'd be 
spitting feathers about people in Swale on the Isle of Sheppey um, because they're saying, oh, you've, you're not doing what you're supposed to do and you've got to stop down. I mean, there's lots of, lots of you know, theories about why Swale is a high prisons and, um, you know, a, a lot of people stuck in a close area together can't help, but I don't think that's the only problem. There's people not doing, you know, playing by the rules. There's people deciding there's, oh, it's a conspiracy and there's not actually anything wrong and loads and loads. Yeah. Every day you see some different idea of what the, what the reason this has all happened. And some people it's not actually a, it's just a cold. And um, I think we've worked out it's a little bit worse than that. Where, where, do, where does it all end? I don't know. You can let us know what you think about Christmas bubbles or the new tier system coming into place at kentonline.co.uk or by sending us a message via our social media. Meantime, a group of MPs is still calling on the government to impose tiers based on boroughs rather than the entire county. They've written to Matt Hancock, the health secretary, although it's something that was dismissed by the Prime Minister in the Commons earlier in the week. Staying with more COVID news and the Archbishop of Canterbury is urging people to return to church on Christmas Day as coronavirus rules are relaxed over the festive period. Places of worship will be allowed to reopen in all areas of England when lockdown ends on the 2nd of December. Justin Welby says we shouldn't be put off going to services. Half of the intensive care beds at Medway Maritime are now being used by people with coronavirus. Latest figures show the severe pressure on the NHS in Kent as admissions continue to rise. At least 367 patients with COVID-19 occupied beds across the county's seven main hospitals last week. Another Kent school has decided to temporarily close after a sudden rise in cases. There have been seven positive tests at Bapchild and Tong Primary in Sittingbourne since the weekend. The NHS meantime has started looking for people to deliver the coronavirus vaccine across the county. It's been described as the biggest ever mass immunisation programme the county has ever seen. They're hoping to get trained vaccinators and people who can safely learn how to do the jab. Kent Police have now fined a total of 236 people for breaking coronavirus rules since March. More than 40 have been hit with a penalty since Friday alone after trying to leave the country via the port of Dover. Many admitted they were going on holiday. And Eurostar's calling for more financial support from the government as the company warns it's fighting for its survival. The cross-channel rail operator, which runs trains between Folkestone and France, claims it's being treated unfairly after the aviation industry was given extra help because of the pandemic. Eurostar want the scheme to be extended to include international rail services. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a teenager has appeared in court via video link and pleaded not guilty to murdering a man in Rochester. Stephen Chapman's body was discovered inside a wheelie bin by officers in Dels Road last month. A charity has accused the Home Office of trying to gag volunteers visiting a military site in Kent where asylum seekers are being housed. It's emerged those who go to offer support to people living at Napier Barracks in Folkestone have to sign a confidentiality agreement under the Official Secrets Act. A spokesperson for the Home Office says it's to make sure refugees are given privacy, but Detention Action has questioned the treatment of people there and think it should be publicised. Now, the state of school buildings in Kent has been raised in the Commons today. Seven Oaks MP Laura Trott asked a question about funding for improvements to buildings during Prime Minister's questions. Here's her exchange with Boris Johnson. Um, can I welcome the promised increase in education funding? I look forward to hearing the detail this afternoon. 
Can I ask the Prime Minister that some of this money is spent on school building repairs, particularly for voluntary controlled multi-academy trusts, such as Orchards Academy and West Kingsdown in my own constituency? These types of schools were unable to apply for the most recent round of funding and are in urgent need of repair. Prime Minister. Yes, indeed, Mr Speaker, and uh, that's why uh, we've allocated uh, an additional £560 million this year for essential maintenance and upgrades in the school estate uh, on top of more than uh, £1.4 billion. And uh, in Kent, uh, £20 million is going to uh, Kent Local Authority, including West Kingsdown Church of England Primary School, and uh, nearly £6 million uh, to Kemnall Academy's Trust, uh, Mr Speaker. And I would encourage uh, my honourable friend to continue her excellent campaign. After PMQs, the Chancellor gave an update on the state of the economy. You can read about what he had to say and where money will be invested on the national pages of kentonline.co.uk. East Kent College are looking into building a creative arts campus on the site of a new film studio in Ashford. Big names like Netflix and Amazon have shown interest in the development at the former Newtown Railway Works, which is due to open in 2022. College bosses say it would be a great opportunity to have students working alongside industry experts. A virtual exhibition's been launched that's inspired by a deal artist's experience of coronavirus. A 3D viewing room's been set up, which is designed to make you feel like you're walking through an art gallery. It showcases dozens of Stephanie Fuller's watercolour paintings, which she made before, during and after her battle with COVID-19. The 58-year-old says the virus has changed the way she sees and creates. COVID ends and then you get these other symptoms like the fatigue but the eyesight had always been a part of it so it was one of my first symptoms was my eyes hurt and I guess that's the swelling and then I noticed that once I was painting that it changed how I could see. I could see all these details that you know at 58 I've lost a lot of that sense of details. My life is now blurry. <laughs> normally and now I can see better I'm sure I can see better it's going as you know I move further away from having had the virus and I suppose the swelling in the eyes going down or whatever and a brightness so there was this sort of change to the paintings where they got I started doing these tiny little details and getting really involved in the minute and, uh, and then there was this brightness as well that came through. How has your perspective overall changed as, a, as an artist on how you create and, and view the world, shall we say, as a result of your experience with coronavirus? You become a lot more blasé about the small things, I have to say. <laughs> you know, it's like going through it and coming out. I didn't, see, I didn't expect that I would be able to survive because I have lung disease. So I was thinking that would mean that I was one of the people that if I got it, I'd, I'd be in hospital. But I wasn't. It's just one of those things is that we don't know, really. There's been a huge demand for new beach huts in Folkestone and bosses have had to close the waiting list. Half a million pounds is being spent on replacing and revamping chalets along the seafront. They've all now been allocated and it's hoped the project will be finished in time for next summer. And Jack Jones is going to be on the hit list on our sister radio station KMFM later. He'll be chatting to Emma Jo about new single I Miss You and what he's been up to during the pandemic. Make sure you're listening from seven this evening. Kent Online Sport. 
Football and Gillingham have climbed to 13th in the League One table after beating AFC Wimbledon 2-1. Jill's captain Carl Dempsey scored in the first few minutes and Dominic Samuel got the winning goal later in the match. Boss Steve Evans has praised his side's dominant performance. Seven or eight, nine passes for the first one sets Carl free. We've ripped him to shreds. The second one's eight or nine passes, fantastic cross. And Dominic has a great finish and it's a training game what that that produced the two goals, but I thought we were industrious, we worked hard. They're much better than they were last year, and they beat us twice last year. And they shouldn't have done they shouldn't have got a point, but they got six. Um, but I think we've we've edged it. And we'll take three points. A lot of honest players on that pitch for Wimbledon. You know, boy Piggott is a Gillingham fan, as everyone knows. Alex um Wijard is was my captain at Porsche, great kid. So there's a big Golly Palmer. There's lots lots of lads on there I know that are very, very honest and we, we edged it but we, we deserve to win. It's a fantastic goal and I, I, I think the only downside to that is we probably have lots of good possession running about their box thereafter for about 20 minutes they can't get out and what seems like the first attack into the box they get a goal. It's a great head of Hennigan but he, he did that didn't he at Blackpool and a little bit of you. so from that point of view it's, it's a good goal from their point of view and then I think they, they took over a little bit for 15-20 minutes to half time without really making a chance I don't think they made a chance and then second half we're, we're very unlucky aren't we we've had We've hit the post and we've had a couple of half chances and, and then we get the goal and all Bob and Jack took our slips. I don't think they, they penetrate us at all. So hard earned, but credit to the players and, and, a, and a good win on the back of a good performance against Charlton too. We were really pleased with how we played, how hard we worked. Um, we're very young on the pitch again tonight, which is great. We've got youngsters spread all over it. And, um, and, a, and a good three points. They're now getting ready to welcome Exeter City to Priestfield in the second round of the FA Cup this weekend. Well, that's it for today, but you can also subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.